Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 45th episode. As a mental performance coach, I get the honor to work with athletes and teams to enhance their mental game and unlock their full potential. You know, in the drive in creating 90% Mental, it was basically to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can talk about their perspectives and stories with regards to the mental game. But for the most part, there's so much to talk about within the world of sports when it comes to mindset. So today I have Connor Hoppy, two-time Pac-12 100 breaststroke champion, to talk about why having a growth mindset and developing a strong positive self-talk helped him achieve hitting his goals. He talks about how important it is to honor your process and having the right people around you to support you through your journey. And he talks a little bit about the last four years at Cal Berkeley, the journey, the stories, and how and why he's getting prepared for the 2020 Olympics. So without further ado, let's go talk to Connor. Hey, Connor, how are you? How's it going, Grant? Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. You bet. Man, I'm... I'm Super stoked to have you on my show and can't wait to talk about just your mindset as a collegiate swimmer and also Pac-12 champion, just understanding that mindset and your journey up until the point where you where you won in the 100 breaststroke. So I'm not only excited to have you to talk about your journey and your mindset, but just learning a little bit more about uh, you and, and the sport of swimming. Yeah, I know, for sure. When you think about mental toughness, what does mentally tough mean to you? You know, that's a good question, Grant. That mentally tough is something that I've had to develop over the years for sure. To me, being mentally tough means getting knocked back down and getting back up. Yep. Multiple times have I failed <laughs> in the sport of swimming, whether it's on in the weight room or in the water. I failed multiple times in the water where I haven't even come close to finishing a set. Um, I think mentally, being mentally tough to me means getting back up after you failed and not quitting. And I think one of the biggest things that helped me is to stay present. I think a lot of times, especially when the going gets tough, your mind starts to race and then your mind starts to play all these tricks on you. But if you don't identify with that and if you just let those thoughts go and just stay present, that has really helped me stay strong mentally uh, when, especially like during a hard set, when like a hypoxic set, when we can't breathe a lot on a set and like I'm dying for air. Um, right. Just that ability to kind of just detach from the pain body and just stay present has really helped me develop mental toughness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Embracing failures. And when you think of success, 
If you, if you draw a line under the word success, there's a list of failures that allow you to actually be successful. So that, you know, to, to working with athletes, you know, within my practice and just having conversations, it's, you really, it's like, it's funny when you talk about a golfer, it's like, you know, you get better after actually a bad shot. And some people are like, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, if you embrace the failure and you learn from it, you actually gotten better. And the more you actually get mm-hmm. to that point to actually realizing you get better based off your failures, if you allow yourself to see them, then that's how you get to be successful. Yeah, no, most definitely. I think mentally strong people have to embrace failure. And failure is a key for success. Without, without failure, you can't have success because those failures are what teach you to become just a little bit smarter and just a little bit better. And over time, those failures add up. Yep. And over time, you just get smarter just as a person. And the biggest breakthroughs come when you're just feeling stuck and you're just in that frustration or in that moment where the going gets tough. But embracing that and learning from that and just learning where you could have gotten better and just evaluating and just learning from that, kind of repeat myself, but just learning from that failure is a recipe for success because failure is a recipe for success. Yeah, for sure. When you think about, when you look at your career, was there a moment and you, there's probably a few, but was there a, a moment where you had to be mentally tough to get through that race or through that practice? Yeah, most definitely. I would say NCs, uh, my, my freshman year NCs, I, so, okay, so top 16 make a final at NCs. And my freshman year, I was 17th. And that was probably one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with because I couldn't, like, I wasn't able to help the team out. And I was supposed to help the team out that year, but I didn't. And I really felt, I really felt like a loser. And I think that point, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't ever want this to happen again. And that was probably the point where I really was like, you know what, when the time comes, like, this is where I need to get it done. And I think for me, I would definitely say my junior year was when, was when I really kind of understood that. And I remember specifically before my hundred breaststroke, my junior year, NT2A champion for, for swimming, NT2As are one in the morning. So we have prelims and finals. I'm just going to give a little bit of background. Prelims and finals, the top 16 make finals. You obviously want to make top eight because you score the most points in the A final. So there's an A final and a B final, so you want to make the A final. I remember specifically behind the, behind the blocks my junior year, I was just telling myself, just get it done. Just get it done. Mm. Because swimming, swimming I've, I had to learn the hard way for sure. Swimming is definitely black and white. There's no, there's no second chances. And if you don't get it done, then you don't get it done, and there's, you can't like, do it again. Because NCs is a very high pressure meet, and it's definitely, it's definitely where you need to step up for sure. And I remember being on the blocks, nervous as hell, my junior year. Told myself just to get it done, and I just had to not really care about like how I felt or any externals. I just, I just remember specifically just telling myself just to get it done, and I think that just really helped me. It's huge because I was able. Thank, thankfully, I was able to qualify for the a final but i even told i even told dirt in this my my head coach just as i was behind the blocks i just told him like 
all I was thinking was just to get it done because like swimming is black and white. And that's one of the things that I've definitely had to learn over the years is when the time comes, great moments come from great opportunities. And that was, that was a great opportunity. I think being mentally tough is definitely a big factor in being successful in, in my case at NC's. Being mentally tough is crucial, and it's a big, it's a big part of success for every successful athlete. For sure, man, I, I agree with you, hundred uh, percent. You know, and it's it's interesting you know, when you look at your career at, at Berkeley. You've had this progression from you know, and, and you talked about it your freshman year, sophomore year, and then a little bit your junior year. But what do you contribute to that progression? Because you you are doing great each year. There's like something. There's like a milestone that got you over, you know, whether if it was getting, you know, second or third in a particular race, but you were getting more of those as you were going throughout your career. And obviously, you know, your senior year, you ended up becoming the, uh, the Pac-12 champion in the 100 breaststroke. But what do you think contribute to that, that progression each year? The biggest thing for sure, I definitely would say is just having a growth mindset. Mm. I think if I think if you have just a closed mindset, I don't think there's any way you can be, you can just continue to progress throughout the years. I think just having that growth mindset, because I had plenty of things I need to work on and I still do, but just having that growth mindset and just having that understanding to just keep getting better every day and just learning. Um, I think that's definitely the key, uh, the biggest thing that helped me was just having that growth mindset throughout like my four years at Cal, for sure, definitely. Well, as far as mental preparation, how do you mentally prepare for a race? And then what are you feeling before you're actually competing? When I get to the pool, I kind of just sit down and just relax and just have fun with the guys. I don't really get too caught up in, like, oh, I need to do this, 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 and this. I kind of just a little more, I'm a little more relaxed. But definitely leading up to my race, when I put my suit on, like it's definitely it's definitely go time. And behind the blocks, when I'm behind the blocks, I'm just, all I'm telling myself is just to get it done. Mm. I just have this feeling of excitement, and I'm just super excited before my race because I know that it's just such an opportunity to race in the first place. And I know that there's a lot of other people who would love to be in the position that I've thankfully been blessed with. And I just think the biggest thing is just always having that excitement and that uh, ferocity kind of behind the blocks, which has definitely helped me a lot in my swimming. I'm not really thinking too much about my competitors because I know they're going to do their thing. I think the biggest thing, though, is when I'm racing, I know it kind of sounds a little standoffish, but obviously I don't want to lose. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to lose when they race. Right. Um, But I just think that competitiveness... I've just always naturally been a competitive guy. Like our whole family is a pretty competitive family. A bunch of swimmers, right? Uh, my dad. My dad was a basketball player in college. My mom was a softball player, and then yeah, my older sister was a swimmer at college uh, at UCSB. And then my younger brother, he, he used to swim. He played water polo, and then my youngest brother, he's actually a volleyball player. So, got it. Got it. Uh, just the competitiveness and just racing. Just I just really like to race and just I enjoy racing and just that ability to compete 
just all of that combined leading up to my race just gets me in the zone. And I don't know, just whenever I get behind the blocks, it's just a switch in mindset from, okay, like we're having fun and we're enjoying this moment to where, okay, we need to get it done. This is an opportunity to get it done and score points for the team. So it's time to go. What I love about uh, the way you talk to yourself so that it seems like you have a very healthy, positive self-talk uh, relationship mm-hmm. with yourself. And it's it's huge because, you know, always when I'm working with athletes, it's, it's not about, you know, it, it's not about listening to yourself. It's about talking to yourself. Because a lot of times when we start getting in situations where we think overthink things or we get fearful or self-doubt comes in, we start listening to these thoughts. But when you start controlling your thoughts, you're in control. And by by the things that you say, let's get it done or get it done, get it done. And the more you say that, you're not letting any space for any of this negativity to come in. So the fact that you say that, it's it's awesome. Like it's uh, it's actually really cool. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. When it comes to mental performance and, you know, sports psychology techniques, you know, how much do you visualize when it comes to visualizing your performance? How much do you practice that? That's that's funny you mention that because we, so Monday, every Monday and Wednesday afternoon, we have a breaststroke coach who comes in and he gives us a breaststroke workout. So before we get in the water there, we go to the upper deck and he kind of talks to, to us about the workout. And then we, we visualize actually for about five to 10 minutes. So we just lay back and close our eyes and just relax and kind of just feel, how should I say this? So our, our breaststroke coach has what he calls like a special place. And he, whenever we visualize, we go to our quote unquote special place and visualize, visualize our race and visualizing. I definitely do a lot of for sure. Uh, just like visualizing how, like I'm going to go up the box, how I'm going to approach this turn how many strokes I'm going to take this lap, like what I'm, what I'm going to be thinking when I'm ahead or I see someone else ahead, how I'm going to react when um, like I push off the wall and I see the guy right next to me. Kind of just that mental, that preparation, that visualization leading up to the race, I think is definitely a big factor that definitely has helped me. And I'm obviously has helped a lot of other athletes for sure. But visualizing has definitely been a key part in not just my swimming, but a lot of the breaststroker, other breaststrokers who I train with, we all, we always visualize whether it's on Mondays and Wednesdays or just leading up to, in this case, like NCs. For sure. And I always say, you know, see it, feel it, do it. You know, the more you see it, the mm-hmm. more you're going to feel it, and then you just do it. It mm-hmm. just builds so much confidence in, in the body and the mind. But uh, I think it's great that it, it's that it's hugely a part of your process, which is awesome that you do that. When you think about your senior year, 2018, you know, obviously you're Pac-12 champion. I want I want you to I want to talk about the race itself, kind of how you felt going into it and how it was in the midst of the race. But I want to talk about how you felt after you won. Like, what did it feel like when you became the champion, the Pac-12 champion? Oh, anytime you win a, you become a champion in anything, it's just such a feeling of relief and just excitement and joy and happiness. And 
the anger too. Like <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I just remember looking up and just this huge just burst of excitement and joy and just relief because obviously like leading up to races, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure for anyone in any sport. But I think just that relief of just finally being a champion and just knowing that the training and the blood, sweat and tears that you put into this has finally, you know, it's finally paid off. And, you know, I just, just, I'm thankful. I'm just thankful for a Pac-12 title. Um, so many people have supported me to get to that point and to be able to come away as a Pac-12 champion. I celebrate not only my accomplishment, but it's also an accomplishment of what everyone who has supported me to get to this point. How'd you go into that? What was your mindset going into that race? Did you, was it just another race for you or did, did you have to deal with nerves? Like what was your preparation? Yeah. Uh, so that race I knew. So my biggest competitor was Carson Visserin, who's a fantastic swimmer. Kind of leading up to the race, I knew that he was going to go fast. And so I kind of just wanted to prepare myself to get not to not get too emotionally excited because I knew I knew he was going to be out in front. And I don't really remember too much on that first 50. I just remember, yeah, I was just I was just trying to stay with him and just pace and just kind of be on his right next to him. He was I think he was a little bit ahead of me at the 50. Um, and then the 75. That's when I, that's when I needed to make my move. And I remember telling my, myself that actually, as I pushed off the wall, I was like, "This is where I need to make my move." And so as I turned on that 75 wall, and on that last 25, I remember seeing him right there. And I just remember telling myself, "Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lose this race." And I say that humbly. Yeah, I just got this burst of energy, and I wanted to do it for my team. And I remember putting everything I have into that last 25 and just seeing that one come up and just seeing the excitement and the joy on my teammates face. That's what made it all worth it. And I bet leading up to that race, I think the biggest thing was just focus and just getting in that zone kind of before you, before you race. Awesome. I can only imagine you were <laughs> in the zone. Uh, <laughs> right. So when you look back at your career, what do you think you learned the most about yourself? That's a good question. Um, oh, wow, that's a good question. Honestly, I think the biggest thing is that you can do anything um, if you put your mind to it. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but I think if you continually work and improve your craft at whatever it may be, and find ways where you can get better, where you can get smarter, where you can learn. And just having that growth mindset, you really can accomplish what you want. And I think that's one of the biggest, and that's exciting. I think the biggest thing too is also just making little, a little bit of progress each day. Because over time that adds up. And that progression, when you look back, and just to see how far, like in my case, just to see how far I've come, is that is motivating to me and that that definitely helps me in terms of kind of just moving forward into my other aspirations that I have 
But definitely as I look back for sure, I think the biggest thing is that whatever you want to do, if you are determined and focused and are disciplined, have a continually growth mindset and stay positive, you really can accomplish what you what you want. And it's a humble confidence that I've definitely learned and attained and I'm still learning and attaining um, as I've grown through my four years at Cal and as I will continue to grow into the future. Absolutely. Well, and I love it. Uh, you talk about, you know, being present to getting better, just getting a little bit better every day. And, you know, there's, you know, I've heard this from multiple people, but, you know, always focus on getting 1% better every day, whether if it's, you know, it's not necessarily getting better by beating your teammate. It's about actually looking at whether if it's your process your mindset, if it's stretching, whatever it is, just looking at things you can actually get better at each day. And I, I think it's true for your story because, you know, you've had this cool pro- progression each year. You've gotten better and better and better, which led up to your senior year of being the Pac-12 champion, which I think by focusing on these little things and getting better every day has led you up to this point. So um, very cool uh, perspective on that for sure. Now, as you're moving on from from Berkeley, what's next? What's what's uh, what are you focusing on within your career? Yeah, so right now, now that I'm done with collegiate swimming, I'm training for 2020. And but in the process, so 20 summer end of summer 2018, end of summer 2019, we have uh, nationals and world champ trials. So nationals are at the end of summer 2018 and. There are three teams that you can qualify for. The first team is the Pan Pacific team, and then the second team is the Pan American team, and the third team is the World University Games team. Summer Nationals, that is where you can qualify for one of those three meets at Summer Nationals, which is at the end of Summer 2018. And then in Summer 2019 is World Champ Trials, and I think that's where you qualify for World Champ Trials or World Championships. And then Obviously, 2020, uh, summer 2020 in June is when the Olympic trials are, and then the Olympics are in August. So that's what that's what we're training for right now. And that's kind of the goals that we have moving forward. Awesome, awesome. Now, how can my listeners follow you on on social media? Oh, <laughs> um, if you want, uh, my Insta- I just have an Instagram. It's uh, C-H-O-P-P-E-7, Choppy7. Everyone on the team calls me Choppy. <laughs> no one ever calls me Choppy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I I love having you on my show, and it's, it's really cool to hear a champion, the champion mindset, but hearing it from a champion, kind of your journey, what you've had to go through, and and how important having a growth mindset is to you and how it's helped you um, to earn the success you have. And, you know, again, I thank you for having me on my show. And I can't wait to to keep on following you and supporting you um, up to the 2020 Olympics, man. I hope, I hope you uh, achieve that dream. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate you having me on your show. It's a privilege and opportunity. For sure. Thank you. You bet. You bet.